and welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, but not just any fantasy today, because today we are here. We are returning. It's just you and me, you know, Mm. friend singular, and we are getting back to some old school classic friends talking fantasy content today. I'm, of course, referring to our classic series, Friends Pitching Fantasy. The OGs know. The OGs know. We are out of books to read, guys. All of everything that we have scheduled. We've read every book. Uh, (laughs) We've read them all. Every book that we had put on our reading schedule has been Uh, read. And now we're looking at ourselves and we're asking, what should we read next? And we also have, you know, episodes that we try and get out every week for you guys. So we're like, hey. Why don't we develop a series where we pick what we're going to read next as an episode? And thus, Friends Pitching Fantasy was born. And here we are today. You know, we, we've been doing it a little differently. The la- we're going to do it very similar to the last time we did it. And for those of you that need a little refresher, Dylan is going to pitch three books this episode. That is why we are here. These are Dylan's choices. And then I'm going to pick three books in the next episode, which will likely air the same week. And then we'll pick one, you know, I'll pick one of Dylan's, Dylan will pick one of mine, and then those are the next two books that we're going to read on the show. It's very exciting. We're going to get some audience participation as well. You know, Dylan's going to pitch his books. I'm not going to decide today. I'm going to wait till the end of the week. And that gives us time to share these picks on the socials and get everyone's feedback. So if you're hearing these pitches and you feel strongly about what you want to hear next on the show, definitely let us know over at the FTF podcast on Instagram and the FTF podcast with a number one at the end on Twitter. And we will be reading those, taking them into consideration. And I'm sure you all are going to have opinions on on Dylan's three books that he's nominating for us to read today. Nailed that explanation there, Charles. I'm excited to get into this. I'm also happy we get to bring some extra content to our listeners this mm-hmm. week. I, I think you said yours is coming out in a couple days after this. Yeah, I think we'll do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday situation if all goes according to plan. All right. Let's Monday your picks, Wednesday plan. my picks, Friday we decide based off yeah. of what we read on the socials and take some time to reflect on the choices and your pitches today and and you know make sure we're not pressured into a decision live right now let's you know defer and unveil it on friday deliberate that's that sounds like a good plan to me charles and i'm excited to get into this i do want to give the listeners a heads up that this is my michael jordan flu game uh, i'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling with a head cold, uh, but I am. <laughs> yeah, I, hate to I see am. It. Yeah, I am grinding through triumphantly. Um, no, no, no applause. Uh, it's okay. But okay, I, I knew you were going to yeah, say that. Which is why perch. I didn't clap. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't really pick it up on the mic. You know, kinda, 
uh, when we clap, it doesn't <laughs> pick it up. But Charles was clapping. Uh, I'm sure all of you are very impressed. Uh, but well, let's, I'm sure I you know, sound... Dylan, you are a professional. <laughs> we appreciate you coming out here. You know, deadlines are deadlines. You know, things have to be recorded. And, um, you know, you're doing it for the love of the game and also just because you're a professional. So we appreciate you coming out. And we'll, we will take note and allow you some grace on the audio quality today as as well yeah. because you've got a lot of you've got a lot of talking to do as you pick pitch your three books here so when I'm, I'm thinking you should just say all three at the top and then we'll go one at a time and, to, and you hear Sounds your pitches good. one at a time after that right that's seems to be the the winning yeah. formula and thank you for clarifying that the reason I brought that up was because of the audio quality and how I might mm-hmm. not sound great because I got kind of caught up in how impressive it was. <laughs> how much like Michael Jordan you all are and all that. Yes, <laughs> the Michael Jordan comparisons got to my head. Uh, so We don't want to anyway, set expectations yeah. here that like too high. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's assuming you're going to just like captivate us all with your pitches. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure I you will. To. You always do. You always do. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan, yeah, that's that's pretty high expectations. Mm-hmm. But maybe like Jamal Murray, the second fiddle on mm. the championship Denver Nuggets squad uh, to, to Nikolai Jokic. Um, wow. So that's, I, I'm shooting for like a Jamal Murray-like performance. Well, that metaphor was a slam dunk, but... <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Well, I've got three slam dunks for you here. Oh. Uh, can't go wrong picks. Uh, number one is Senlin Ascends by Josiah Bancroft. I, I realize now I probably should have uh, checked the pronunciation on that before I got into this, but grace blame for it on me the, because blame it on the Michael of the Jordan cold. You know, <laughs> I normally look up everyone's names. Uh, beforehand but you know even Michael Jordan missed half the shots he took Uh, so Mm -hmm. apologies to um, uh, our wonderful author uh, that I am trying to pronounce the name of Uh, anyway that is the first book of the now completed Babel Quartet oh Mm. I don't think it's really called the Quartet but that is a it is a four book series. So Well, I like myself a completed series. That's good. Mm-hmm. Next up is A Court of Thorns and Roses, uh, by number one New York Times bestseller, Sarah J. Moss. Mm. You've probably heard of that one. Uh then next up is The Maleficent Seven by Cameron Johnston. And brought to us by our buddies over at Angry Robots Books. And oh. um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Excited to get into all three. Quite a list, Dylan. I got to be honest here. When you shared it with me, I'm like, I only recognize one of these being, of course, A Court of Thorn and, and Roses, which is immensely popular, which I'm sure you'll get into. And um, the other two are new to me. So I'm actually looking forward to hearing what they're about and and why you are bringing them to the FPF table here. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how they can hold up to like a huge, huge best-selling series like A Court of Thorns and Roses by uh, Sarah J. Moss. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm here learning. This is all so new. So I'm just going to sit here and, and take it all in. All right. Well... 
Let's get into it then, Charles. I'm surprised you haven't heard of Senlin Ascends. That one, it's it's received a decent amount of popularity. Um, I'll get into the... I'm going to give for each one like a, a slightly altered version of the little Goodreads summary just to get people kind of acquainted with what the book is about. I made sure all of them were, were relatively short. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Senlin Ascends... Uh, The summary goes as follows. The Tower of Babel is the greatest marvel in the world. With countless ringdoms, warring and peaceful, stacked on top of each other like a layer cake, is a world of tyrants, mysterious machines, and unusual animals. When there on his honeymoon, Thomas Senlin, the mild-mannered headmaster of a school, gets separated from his wife. Determined to find her, he must navigate the mysteries of the tower. This quiet man of letters must become a man of action as he faces madhouses, assassins, and much more in this often surrealist adventure. Yeah. Wow. So, surrealist adventure. Yeah. yeah. I threw that part in, but that's <laughs> a lot of people will describe it as surrealist uh, at times, and that's pretty cool. You know, we got into a little bit of surrealist stuff recently with Mark Lawrence's approach to the book that wouldn't burn. Kind of, kind of feeling that, and you'll be you'll be hearing uh, some of Mark's comments in just a bit because <laughs> this book was a competitor in the self-published fantasy blog off commonly known as Spiffbo and was later picked up uh, traditionally published by I believe Orbit uh, it has received massive praise from many in the industry uh, starting with Mark Lawrence the, the mind behind uh, the Spiffbo competition. Uh, He Mm -hmm. called this book one of the best reads he's had in ages. And he's far from alone. Uh, A bunch of our buddies in the bookish community that uh, we interact with on social media and beyond, uh, Will Gwynn of uh, the Brothers Gwynn, uh, gave it five stars, saying that Senlin Ascends is a book that he would recommend to practically all fantasy readers. We've also got five-star reviews coming from uh, our friends, uh, reviewers and bloggers, Patrick Leo, Fantasy Book Nerd, Nick Borelli, Nils of the Fantasy Hive, and uh, author of Among Thieves, MJ Kuhn. All of them gave this book five stars. Uh, we've also had listeners reach out to me personally, Charles, uh, okay. asking us to read this book. And oh. it's ranked 29th in our fantasy's top fantasy books in their 2023 rankings. So wow. it's, yeah, it's received a lot of praise, a lot of accolades, and a decent amount of uh, recognition here. So praise, though, it's great, right? But mm-hmm. we don't want to know what strengths we can expect from this novel. And I got into the idea that it has these surrealist elements and that leads people to overwhelmingly describe the book as unique. Uh, So it's got this idea of he is traveling up uh, additional levels of this uh, massive tower and each one is from what I can gather, dramatically different from the others. And, okay. I mean, I, I didn't see anyone make this 
comparison, but it's got a little like Dante's Inferno feel to at least the way that I, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it. And uh, I think like the trials are so dramatically different. It's like you're stepping into a new world that might have new rules with each successive uh, flight that you climb. And, Didn't firstly uh, do awesome. like a um, Tower of Death and didn't that have a basketball player in it? At the end, a basketball player, <laughs> what, like Shaq. No, no, no. It wasn't like um, I think it's called Tower of. I'm just trying to bring it back home to your basketball references, but I don't know That's enough about effort. the movie or basketball. I believe it was was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar into. Oh, was he a basketball I think player? That chronologically, that makes more sense than Shaq uh, aligning with Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a great Lakers player. I think I, he was famous for his hook him? shot. Um, he's super tall, right? Oh, extremely. As like but like tall even for a basketball player. Yes, he was. Yes. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Bruce Lee fights his way like one fight at a time and goes up a floor on his way up a tower. And one of the people he fights yeah. towards the end actually is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, basketball player. So there you go. We're we're is bringing this is himself? the kind of uh, he, <laughs> no Bruce Lee's fighting Kareem. <laughs> As like the final boss. Yeah, I know. Is Kareem playing himself? Oh, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> like, is he actually running into basketball player Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? <laughs> I don't think so. Him. They may or have a name, a, a different name. Played by our guy. Well, I have to check well, his IMDb. Who knows? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's IMDb to... <laughs> page <laughs> to find out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like i have a, the momentum of a pitch going here that's being uh, but you're doing great just know it. that if i had been more confident in all my facts it would have been a great full circle moment <laughs> mm. <laughs> but you're saying lots of levels it's very exciting uh, i thought you were looking up on imdb i am but it's taking longer than i thought here because he's mm. he's in a lot more stuff than i was expecting so now i have to figure out when did this wow. movie come out <sighs> so um, all how about we things. put a pin in that and yeah i'm gonna keep we'll looking on this after. but i'm all oh he was hakeem in the game of death so uh mm. he was not it's called the game of death and he plays a character hakeem so he does not play himself those rhyme with kareem so they didn't unlike really glass onion which came out last year in which kareem abdul jabbar did play himself um so mm. he there you kareem. go all right well Back to the pitch. <laughs> As you were saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, climbing up these levels, I don't know if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or uh, any other basketball player is waiting at the top, but it seems You're saying like challenges, are not all, they're not combat challenges necessarily. They're like, Some might be. I right. mean, I... You know, I haven't read it, so I'm okay. doing my, my best to gather what I can without really... Uh, having known any spoilers coming in so uh it sounds like there's all sorts of like challenges and trials i don't think it's like explicitly like you must like face the minotaur type challenges i think it's more like you know there's just different things going on and on his way trying to get up he's running into all sorts of things he has to get through so anyway it's and i i get the sense this idea of like ringdoms that was mentioned is like kingdoms Mm. but in the ring i don't know i see Um, see. but so this book it's kind of surrealist it's got those climb up the tower uh, elements to it it's also steampunk fantasy setting and i think 
between all of that, it's going to come off really original and different. And uh, we talk about how we love books that are a breath of fresh air. Well, Charles, mm-hmm. this could be it, especially since most of the tech only releases water vapor, which should keep the air quality pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. A little sustainability yeah, with my uh, yeah. steampunk fantasy here. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's great. So Okay, so... Uh, I'm not oh, you're, done you're, yet. You're still pitching. I'm, I'm oh, oh, okay. I'm still pitching. Uh, so, often heard the prose described as poetic. Uh, Mark Lawrence called it truly excellent prose and went on to say that so many lines made him deeply jealous. So, we know Mark Lawrence is a master oh. of prose in his own right. If you're making Mark Lawrence jealous, he must be doing something extremely well. Uh, For sure. uh, but. Charles, even more important than the prose for you and I as readers, strong characters, uh, especially character motivation and character development. Uh, from that earlier description that I read, you can already tell how clear both of these are in this book. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally really like simple, strong, understandable motivation, right? Motivation to me doesn't have to be overly complex. I like personality to be overly complex and uh, who they actually are. But what they want to accomplish, I think it's easy when you can comprehend it uh, as a reader. And uh, Sendlin's search for his lost wife, I mean... Uh, it's good motivation, and it's easy to understand, and then we can get going with the story. And when it comes to development, it's clear already in that earlier summary, too. Uh, Sendlin, he's in a situation in, much, in which he must change and grow, you know, that whole, this quiet man of letters must become a man of action. Uh, we'll get to see the extent to which he's able to accomplish that. Uh, so we've been enjoying these novels lately that are very focused on one plot line and a particular character i think of rage of dragons we had an amazing time reading that one and uh, this in addition to having a similar origin with being self-published and then picked up traditionally i think it uh, has that level of focus on one particular character and uh, their very clear motivation and uh, i'll say charles with all the accolades that I mentioned before, it feels like this is a, a hole in our resume as fantasy readers mm-hmm. and podcasters. You know, we're talking a top 30 book on that our fantasy list. And we've read, I would, uh, I'm pretty sure we've read the majority of uh, the rest of those. So Charles, I ask you to help me rectify this hole in our resume, resumes by picking Sendlin Ascends. Wow, quite the hook. And it's, I will say it, it does sound very, very interesting. So this was, this didn't make it to the finals of Spiffbo, but it went on to get, you know, a lot of praise from Mark Lawrence yeah. and picked up steam on its own, if you will. Oh, yeah. uh, so that is very interesting. And then let me see. I mean, I'm having a hard time picturing like what kind of book this is. You said steampunk. You said surreal. There is a tower. Is there going to be I'm just, like action in this? Is this is there going to be like suspense in this? Is this a thriller? Is it going to be like intense and and violent? Like I'm just not sure where where I'm going with this. What I'm getting into. I mean, I don't hear it described as, like, incredibly violent, but I do hear it described as having 
a lot of action, you know. I okay. mentioned the idea of assassins and there's tyrants and there's these unusual animals and all that kind of stuff that he's going to have to encounter. And I, right. like I've said, I haven't read it, so maybe he just, like, has a pleasant conversation with the assassins to stop them. But I imagine there's going to be (laughs) some sort of uh, fighting that takes place. And uh, I think it's, it's going to have a lot of those things. I think it's interesting looking through the reviews, people have trouble putting a finger on how to describe this book. And then you get these words. Like I always think about this with uh, when you look up reviews on books, you'll see these kind of like common threads of what words get used so this one and i'll mention that later in in another book because i think those are always worth noting when you're deciding on a book it's the ones that come up a lot for this one are unique original surrealist like that Mm. is the most common stuff but you'll get a lot of these reviews that are like i don't even know where to start but this book was amazing (laughs) Mm. and even like will Gwyn, he noted, like, this was very different from anything that uh, Mm. I've read. And, like, uh, it might not be something that a lot of traditional fantasy folks would typically pick up. And that's where he threw in that line about, like, but I would still recommend it to practically all fantasy readers. Interesting. Yeah. I I do like the sounds of that. That After reading, you know, as much fantasy as we have in as short of a time period as we often do, the idea of that, that... something new you were even alluding to earlier in your pitch is interesting i'm wondering i guess now that the whole quartet is out you mentioned that the last book Mm -hmm. came out have you heard any buzz about the series as a whole like does this book stand alone or does it need to go on to the full series and did they stick the landing which i know can be tricky sometimes and four books is a big ask so do you have you picked up anything on that from what i can gather it sounds like, and, you know, I was staying away from things sure. that got too much into, like, the ending is like this. But right, right. from what I can gather, it sounds like it's got that sort of uh, standalone with sequel potential feel to the first book. And then okay. after he went from, like, hardly having any reviews on Goodreads until he entered the competition and picked up steam as you say charles mm-hmm. uh, like i think after that is when he started writing the rest i could be wrong or at least he was like publishing the rest um i, I have to look into that but my understanding is the book stood alone pretty well and has a, a finish to it even though I, I don't know i think we'll get a resolution to this main story of like he's seeking his wife and we'll see what happens i'm sure that there's a lot more fodder for storytelling uh with all these different ringdoms and that kind of stuff and i i imagine that's where he'll pick up but again i haven't read it so can't tell you for sure but i never see people being like this is clearly just a setup book and there's not a lot of comments like that interesting well I'm very intrigued, and I think I've got what I need to. I guess the only other thing I see is, like, I see that Fonda Lee's um, Greenbone Saga is under the Also Enjoyed here, so I guess 
to me, that says there may be more kind of action in here than maybe I was thinking there originally was when I hear things like surreal. So could be interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, interested in it's certainly a contender for sure. I'm curious to see, to learn more about these other two books, but um, strong pitch right out of the gate. Thank you. I got by with a little help from my friends. Definitely was drawing from, especially what friend of the show, Mark Lawrence, was saying. But mm-hmm. that's what that's what friends are for, Charles. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that this next series, time to get into it, needs uh, very little introduction. Uh, it mm-hmm. is massively popular, which I'll get into. So it's A Court of Thorns and Roses, uh, like I said, by Sarah J. Moss. Uh, this is a book that my girlfriend keeps bugging me to read, and now I have the opportunity to put the ball in <laughs> your court uh, to stick with our oh. basketball metaphor, I think. And <laughs> now I can blame you for not picking it if we don't end up reading it. So hmm. this is, Can you, though? Yeah. Uh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Also, uh, credit to her for helping me a lot with this pitch because she's mm. read the series uh, like very in depth and read everything that's out. So she knows a lot more than me. All right, a little summary. When nineteen-year-old Huntress uh, Fayra kills a wolf in the woods my normal pronunciation game just not on point today but at least it's a character (laughs) name instead of an author name uh pharah kills a wolf in the woods a terrifying creature arrives to demand retribution dragged to a treacherous magical land she knows about only from legends pharah discovers that her captor is not truly a beast uh, but one of the lethal immortal fairies who once ruled her world Uh, At least he's not a beast all the time. But something is not right in the fairylands. An ancient, wicked shadow is growing, and Feyre must find a way to stop it or doom Tamwin, who I presume is the beast, and his world forever. And apparently this is loosely a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Although I've seen folks say that might not be the best way to like think of it coming in, because pretty different. Okay. All right. The core of my pitch for this one, Charles, is that this is a book and series with an absolutely massive fan base and a mm-hmm. reception that is probably unlike anything that we've read on this podcast before besides like Lord of the Rings. And like, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, we didn't end up, we, we've we not read A Song of Ice and Fire for this podcast either. So I, I would say not... Uh, that's not in the mix that we've talked about a bunch of times uh, for other reasons. But yes, this is a hugely massive success in terms of its sales and also in terms of its ratings on Goodreads. Uh, sure. Over 1.6 million ratings on Which Goodreads. Is and so to, many <laughs> ratings. <laughs> that yeah. is an and insane number. That, it is, yeah. And to try to put that in perspective for any folks who aren't avid Goodreads users, although once you're getting into the millions, I think most can appreciate that's a lot. Yeah. But compare it to Way of Kings, for example, another massively successful fantasy book by Brandon Sanderson. That book has 
435,000, <laughs> like a fourth of the ratings, uh, very positive ratings, but a fourth of them. <laughs> so right. this is like way more popular than even Sanderson's work in terms of sales and number of ratings and all that kind of stuff. So among these 1.6 million ratings on Goodreads, 1.3 million are four or five star ratings. Pretty good to have 1.3 million yeah. four or five star Absolutely ratings. Absolutely insane. And that's like mostly five. <laughs> it's like way. all of my <laughs> pitches combined like times <laughs> times five oh, yeah. would get to yours <laughs> to get to Court right. of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean, this is at that level of book popularity where you just see it everywhere, right? You go to your local cafe and you look over and someone's reading The Court of Thorns. I mean, you, you go to so Target and you see it. Do you know how many fantasy books are in Target? Like A Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. And that's it. And then this, apparently. I, I and then some... Sanderson there. Although yeah. it's the Super Target by me. So maybe that oh. only made it to the Super Target. Well, look but, at you. But no, I mean, it's... Brick. That's how you know it's one of those crossover massive hits when the distribution is everywhere and it's just so easy to recommend and easy to stock and store in your mm-hmm. in your big stores that aren't necessarily book niche bookshops. So it, it's pretty right. impressive the amount of success that the series has achieved in a short amount of time. Because I'm trying to think of when this when did this first book came out? 2015, and you have. 1.7 or almost 1.7 million ratings like dang that is so much new york times international best-selling author like whoa big big yeah. big deal that i know and nothing I about <laughs> nothing about <laughs> yeah and that's what i'm here to help help you with charles i'm gonna do my best to educate you on a book i've never read but <laughs> but mm-hmm. i gathered a lot of information about and yeah i i think though to go back core of the pitch there are a ton of listeners and potential listeners out there who i think we can reach and hopefully will really appreciate us Mm -hmm. taking crack at this book uh which might be a little bit out of our wheelhouse compared to most of what we cover but charles we're open-minded adventurous folks and certainly to give this a try um but Charles, it will be up to you whether whether we do that or not. So the book falls <laughs> into what I'd call a fantasy romance subgenre. Mm. And series, it has a reputation for spiciness, Charles. Oh, yes. I know that's not your typical jam when it comes to reading. Although we've read our, our fair share of books that have sex scenes and stuff in them. Certainly. Um, but from what I hear... There's also a lot more to sink your teeth into than just romance. There's politicking. There's action. Uh, um, my girlfriend says that even if you remove the romance, it'd still be a compelling read. Although you shouldn't remove the romance because that's probably the part of the book that receives the most praise. Mm-hmm. I also gather, as you kind of got at, that people find this book very readable, accessible, and uh, often described as addictive. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be one of those right. books that is arduous to get through. I know we've had some times where we're reading these like huge tomes and even if we're enjoying them, we're like, oh, this is kind of becoming a chore and we have a deadline and all that kind of stuff. I don't think we're going to run into that problem. Uh, it's uh, a little over 400 pages or maybe close to 450, but uh, we're pretty used to that length and mm-hmm. I think it reads very uh, easy and uh, I don't think you s- sell 
enough copies to get 1.6 million ratings without it being pretty accessible. So, Charles, I mean, we're coming back to this idea that the book probably isn't written primarily for our demographic, right? I'm guessing that Sarah J. Moss wasn't thinking of of you and me when she was thinking what her target audience uh, was going to be like. But... We've seen folks, and I know, Charles, you've heard from uh, folks who, like, people holding all sorts of different identities who enjoy this book. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, uh, yeah, you, you got reached out to by one of our high school buddies, and yeah. uh, he was suggesting it. So Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say think... while you've brought it up that, um, mm-hmm. not to ruin your flow because you're on fire, but um, but um, I think this speaks more to my own personal ignorance than that than the, the way the book markets itself. But I thought this was like a like another Twilight kind of thing, where it's romance, fantasy, uh, you know, like very like pop culturey, fun, entertainment driven read. That's what I thought, based off of nothing other than like reading a description very quickly, seeing it in all kinds of places. Um, all kinds of bookstores and stuff and and seeing it just you know be popular everywhere i was like okay got it but then like you were saying people of all walks of life are recommending it and saying it's good and like 1.6 million ratings average 4.2 it's like obviously very very good and then yeah a very close personal friend of mine that back from our high school was like oh have you heard of this book like i know you like fantasy books have you read a court of thorns and roses and i was like whoa i mean this guy was like varsity wrestler so all the preconceived notions i had of um of the book were shattered and then then now now you were pitching it and i was like okay like there's something more going on here than i originally gave it the credit for and and i am intrigued for sure that's well said charles i think that the the similarities to twilight pretty much stop at it's massively popular and and no one is saying it's like twilight i just thought it was (laughs) no no one is saying that it is (laughs) to be clear yeah i think and i understand the the temptation when you see a book get that massively popular but i i don't think that it's like that from anything that i can gather and And i will say though and the readers also enjoyed you click that one or two times and you get to the you know stud with the open button down shirt and that six pack abs and stuff so it's in that world but you have to click twice to get there you know you have to go through two pages of recommended to get there so it's adjacent (laughs) it's adjacent but that's not what it is it's the vibe i'm getting now that i'm actually researching it for sure the spiciness especially from what i hear later in the series uh more more so than this first book uh the spiciness is a key part of these (laughs) novels i think that there's lots of people who read it primarily for that and i think that you know that can evoke the like 50 shades of gray type things uh in in our heads and you know if people read it for that reason more power to them uh it's just that i know you and i charles that's not what we look for from our books and i yeah so i think it's like uh, the only reason to you're you're also not someone who's like I can't read the spiciness like that's gonna be no, trouble I like for me spiciness. Like, you can handle it oh Charles oh yeah well, uh, it's, if it's good I'll read yeah. anything if it's good all right and 
that's what I'm counting on when I'm pitching <laughs> this book to you, Charles. And I, I think here's the thing. We can offer probably a different perspective than most folks who are discussing this series because uh, we come from more of that like epic fantasy mm-hmm. tradition and now we're stepping a little bit more if we read this into that fantasy romance and uh, we're probably you know most other podcasts i see cover this and our folks that are kind of more generally in the fantasy romance or, or stepping over from the romance uh side of things and hopefully yeah we might not be most of the people discussing it but maybe that means we'll come with a interesting different perspective uh mm-hmm. I, Anyway, going on to more of the qualities of the books. Heard good things about the main character, uh, strong female character. Wrestler cast mm-hmm. often described as complex as well, including the villains. Always love a good villain. Uh, people have positive things to say about the world building. Uh, Faru world and its characteristics are described as engaging and immersive, especially as they contrast with the human world in the book, which is more mundane, of course. Uh, and yeah, you get into history and lore of the fairies, which I think, you know, you sh- it shows the investment of Sarah J. Moss into writing uh, a whole holistic fantasy book that mm-hmm. is a fantasy romance. Uh, rather so than is this young adult, by the, the way? Spice. No. Oh. It's like, yeah. So she's, I believe she's written a young adult series. I could be wrong about that. But this is not young adult. It'll get, that's it's getting it'll tagged get, as young adult yes. under the genres here, but... That's like the classic, like, a woman writes a fantasy book and <laughs> it gets really popular and people are like, this is young adult. And it's like, well, if you read it, there's stuff we wouldn't put in the young adult book. So I've For seen sure. it shelved sure. in the young adult. Yeah, I've seen it shelved in the young adult, uh, like, sections of bookstores. Sure. And to my knowledge, that is incorrect it's just like basically so stereotyping i feel like some people yeah. are like oh fantasy can't be popular unless it's young adult <laughs> it's like what <laughs> like, yeah okay sure yeah so all there's, right well another fantastic there. pick i mean i just cannot believe how popular they are a huge success yeah. would be crazy not to pick it if you didn't pick two other fantastic books to pitch as well um yeah, gave me a lot to think about this one. On one hand, it's like it's super, super popular, so everyone knows about it. But on the other hand, it's like we know nothing about it. What are we missing? You know, right. 1.6 million people, 12 million copies, however many dozens of languages, like 37 languages. It's like, what are we missing out on? Well, How could this be that that's we have? I think, Charles. million people can't be wrong. The four and five star reviewers, this is your opportunity to see what all the fuss is about. 12 million copies, 37 languages. That's that's a lot. What are we missing? That's what I'm, that's the, (laughs) that's all I need as far as a pitch is like, what the heck is going on here? That, what is the story? (laughs) What is the story? Only one way to find out. (laughs) Like, it's like captivated people like I haven't seen in a while. So, very interesting, very intriguing. I believe they're developing a TV series as well. Oh, I mean, they've got to be developing something. Is this series completed, by the way? I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm looking at. I do not think so. Okay. I I think it is not completed. Exciting. Um, They're waiting on at least one more book, but I think they're like. Five out, one of which is a novella. 
Right. Um, that's what I'm seeing. Like one is called like 3.5 or something. So there's like five books, but they're saying book number four. five of the series is going to come out. Gotcha. Later. Okay. Well, thanks for the pitch, Dylan. We'll see if I can um, decide on it. But you know, you, you've you've brought this very interesting, exciting original spiffbo darling, and then you brought this like international sensation so i'm curious to see what you brought in as your as your third pick my third pick i mean you know it it's the maleficent seven by cameron johnston but you probably don't know much about it because you said i, mean, I know the title but that's about is, the yeah, end of it <laughs> of thorns and roses and even that one charles you sound like you felt woefully ignorant on as well. So for sure, a lot of new stuff for you here, Charles. I, I said I was going to keep you on your toes with this one. I know uh, a little sneak peek into the upcoming episode. You might be bringing some heavy hitters uh, that we're very well acquainted with. So yes, um, yeah. So I brought some some stuff that's a little different here, Charles. And the Maleficent Seven is surely different. And this is a book that I'm currently reading. I started it already. Okay. I'm like 40 pages in, so not that far. But I have a sense for it at a, a little bit more, uh, like a, a little bit more of a sense of, of it than the books I haven't started yet. So, <laughs> summary coming. Black Heron was a demonologist and the most ruthless general in all Esaran. She assembled the six most fearsome warriors to captain her armies, a necromancer, a vampire lord, a demigod, an orcish war leader, a pirate queen, and a twisted alchemist. Together, they brought the continent to its knees until she abandoned her army on the eve of total victory. Oh, Forty man. years later, she must bring her former captains back together for one final stand in the small town of Tarnbrook against a fanatical new enemy tearing through the land intent on finishing the job Black Heron started years before. Seven bloodthirsty monsters, one town, their last hope. Yeah, mm. Good reads, really. I'll die with that one. So, I, uh, my one question is, who abandons their army? You know, it doesn't, well, seems like an unusual move. Read, you know, <laughs> the kids say, Raffo, read mm. and find out, Charles. All right. Fair. Yep. This this book, right up our alleys. Uh, it's a grim, dark novel that maintains a sense of humor, frequently described as clever and witty and funny. Uh, but the absolute best way I've heard this book described comes from author Rob Hayes, who said, The Maleficent Seven is like Kings of the Wild smushed together with Suicide Squad into a glorious, gory, mm -hmm. sweary melee. I mean, Ooh. Charles. Like, Glorious, is that not gory, a perfect book sweaty for you? melee? He's got a way with words. Sweary. <laughs> I, I love. That. Sometimes we hear what we want to hear. You know? <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm still in Court of Thorns and Roses mentality. I'm shifting gears right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're doing a bit of an abrupt turn here. We're going from sweaty this to sweary. <laughs> right. But yes, Rob Hayes has a way with words. And I 
I don't know, that sounds really appealing, right? It's like Kings of the Wild in its elements of getting the gang back together long after their prime, right? These past their prime uh, great warriors of old, but it's with villains instead of the mostly heroic, although complex, characters in Kings of the Wild. <laughs> and much darker, much grittier, but it is kind of like bizarro uh, Kings of the Wild. And I know how much we both love that book and you know, Nicholas Eames is a total delight. Um, so Total delight. Total delight. I can gather already that this book is fun, fast-paced, and chaotic in all the right ways. Also a standalone. I know you like that, Charles. You like things Ooh, to be over exciting. and done with. Uh, so once we finish it, we'll have a nice conclusive ending. And part of what I love about this book, and I've seen it already so far in the first 40 pages uh, part of what i love about it and its concept is it is entirely and utterly unafraid to lean into fantasy to its fullest extent in service of entertainment I okay think, yeah I, I there's this trend and we've talked about some charles uh there, i feel like there's this trend really since a song of ice and fire this big push to eschew the more campy feeling aspects of fantasy in favor mm-hmm. of the gritty realistic low fantasy feeling for sure and this is especially true in the grimdark subgenre and we love a lot of books like that but we do it does make you long at times for something that goes all in on the fantastical and this is kind of cool because it's willing to do that while also embracing some of those grimdark elements that we really love and in this book, we have, I mean, I mentioned some of it before. We have necromancers messing with the dead, gods getting involved directly, demonologists summoning demons and creatures and vampires presumably sucking people's blood. I haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> and <laughs> much more of that nature. It's like uh, really willing to go to those extents with the... Uh, the fantastical elements it's not like this is basically medieval europe but like there's creatures in the north that might come four books later it's (laughs) which you know not to crap on one of my favorite series of all time but uh i do feel sometimes it's like that's become more prevalent and we're more recently getting this kind of renaissance of the more fantastical elements anyway charles you've described at times how important it is that authors are not afraid to entertain. That's why I was emphasizing that earlier. Because uh, sure. we've read books that can seem to sacrifice the fun and entertainment factor in favor of trying to hit on the capital L literature feel. And we know books that are able to like walk the line extremely well, find some capital L and also be extremely entertaining, right? Like Poppy War is a great example of that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... And Arf Kwong, I mean, uh, that's uh, uh, she's definitely leaning into a lot of capital L literature stuff lately. I read Yellow Face, which is very good. Um, but anyway, uh, going on, uh, Maleficent Seven. I think you'll find a book that will hit the entertainment notes extremely well. Uh, if you peruse the reviews of this book, the words you're going to see, like I was talking about before, the ones that come up, fun entertaining Uh, another one that comes up a lot is bloody (laughs) i know you were worried (laughs) that someone ascends wouldn't have the blood and the guts that you want so bad (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, we just read the Judas Blossom, which is talking about its historical fantasy Mongolian Empire. So Charles <laughs> somehow was not satiated from all the blood in that. He's, he needs more. Well, he's going to find it. I don't remember saying any of that, but okay, we're all (laughs) (laughs) He said it. I think, just (laughs) off the air, I think there'll be very few, if any, dull moments in this one. People laud how many battles there are in this book and how well-written the fight and battle scenes are. And overall, I just think we're going to have an awesome time reading this one together if you end up choosing it. But I'm going to be reading this anyway, Charles. The only question is, will you join me? Oh, a proposition. I mean, it sounds very interesting, intriguing, exciting. I'm wondering, how did you come across this book? Because it's relatively new, right? Relatively. I think 2021. Okay. I'll double check that. It is, you know, it's one that has definitely picked up steam on social media. So I'd kind of... You know how books kind of like you see them a few times, they're kind of like in your headspace and then you go into a bookstore and then you see it and you're like, you know what, I'm going to buy this book. It was kind of one of those situations and I've been meaning to read it for a while. It's just we've been busy with all sorts of other stuff and, uh, you know, we love Angry Robot. So it's a great opportunity to read another Angry Robot books uh, uh, installment and... Mm -hmm. You know, our friends on, I could probably pull up a few of, like, similar how I did with Sentinel Ascends, like a few of our friends on Twitter okay. talking about how. Yeah, I see, you know, it. William Gwynn, Rob Hayes, like a, a couple familiar faces here. Well, it sounds yeah. like you can't go wrong. And, you know, I love when books are entertaining. You know, Dylan, when you originally sent me, like, your picks and you just sent me the titles, you didn't send me the authors, I was thinking this was Sebastian Day Castell's. Book, oh, not the, the Malevolent Seven. seven. This is not the, the Malevolent, Malevolent Seven. seven. <laughs> no, no. How could you possibly make that mistake? How could I, I mean, possibly? You're getting Malevolent confused with Maleficent. Because I was like, I mean. oh, I've been kind of wanting to read that too. <laughs> that book's been like passed <laughs> right. around our recommendations for years. So I was like, ooh, and I yeah. haven't read a Sebastian de Castell book. But um, the Maleficent Seven is another mm. one. It sounds like both are definitely worthy of of checking out but the maleficent maleficent seven is the (laughs) one that we're going to be focusing on today and (laughs) you bring up a good pitch i appreciate that you threw something in there because you know sometimes the surrealists and like the towers and this and that like you're kind of like okay i'm gonna have to do some work here to kind of process this story and then you know the other the um you know, Sarah J. Moss, of course, is popular, but this one is like, hey, you want seven different, you know, this like ensemble cast of classic fantasy here, your vampires and your mages and your whatnot, just kicking ass. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm down for that too. You know, a lot to think about here. You know, I love my bloodthirsty monsters and when they're down to their last we hope, know you know, so that that's very exciting. And um, man. Three, I would have never predicted these three books for you to come to today, <laughs> ever. So uh, I, I'm intrigued and I have a lot of um, processing to do because I didn't know these books existed until you first shared them with me. Two of them anyway. One of them, obviously, I was aware of because it's an international bestseller. So very exciting stuff. I'm excited to like 
jump into something totally new, you know? Sometimes things are on your TBR for a while, you're thinking about them, you're preparing to read them. These are just like, hey, this is just jumping ahead on the pile, and here you go. Don't think too much about it. Just start reading. So that's very exciting, and I do not think you can go wrong with any of these picks, Dylan. Certainly, you did a fantastic job today. I'm curious to see what the internet has to say. I'm especially curious, like, because I know Court of Thorns and Roses is by far the most popular, but will that translate over into the, like, audience base that we've cultivated, you know? Are they going to vote for that, you know? I'm super interested to see where the interest lies amongst the the people that we chat with on social media. Are are they going to want to hear it? You know, because right. I'm super curious about what this phenomenon's all about, but is that going to resonate with the listeners? Well, we always are looking for new listeners too, Charles. We love our That's old listeners. True. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We also love new listeners. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious too. It's funny to think that I'm like, oh, I really think that Sendlin ascends and uh, Maleficent super Seven. Interesting can kind of hold their own in a Twitter poll from our account, but because like we've our following is tailored to people who are a little bit more in that like epic or grimdark fantasy area, and mm-hmm. then it's like uh, and you know with lots of folks that we associate with who are involved with Spiffbo. I used to be involved in Spiffbo, so it's like it's it would not be shocking if those can hold their own with the book that has 1.6 million ratings <laughs> uh, right we'll, we'll see i'm curious right i mean yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bs the listeners right now but I'm, i am super interested in court of thorns and roses and i'm not picking today but that is certainly the front runner Ooh. right now and then i'm also super interested in um, semlin ascends and I feel like the Maleficent 7, you're already reading. I'm like, let's have him finish that and he can tell me all about oh. it. And that. But that's just where we're still. Anything could happen. You know, anything could happen. It's up to the fans. If, you know, you want Maleficent 7 to be read, I, I, I got to hear it. You know, I got to hear it in the socials. But <laughs> it, it is, you know, I am going to be itching to pick that up if we don't read it now like it sounds like one of those quick fun reads like if i'm going on vacation or something i'm taking that with me you know so but maybe i'll pick it up on fpf we'll never know we'll have to find out on friday but um yeah that's where i'm standing today a very interesting blend of picks and i'd be more than happy to read any of these next it's just a matter of what and i'm gonna wait until i hear back from from the internet before i make my final decision but i figured i'd share where my headspace is at as we close out the episode very transparent of you charles arguably too transparent but will persevere much like me through Uh, we'll be curious i've never done that before but uh, i i feel like i've already decided like you've given me some really tough ones to choose where it's like who am i gonna upset by picking now you know including myself with some previous picks these books are so different from each other that it, it, it kind of, I don't know, it makes it a little easier to narrow down. But at the same time, it's like, I'm so curious to see what the reaction is going to be to the poll you put up on this. Because to your point, Dylan, the one is obviously way more popular than the others. But are they going to be close just because of 
people that we're talking to are people that read fantasy all the time and would gravitate towards these other books quite strongly. So, yeah, really, really very good picks. I'm, 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 thank you for bringing them to the table and let's go. Let's, let, let's pick them up. Let's, let's get it out there. I'm curious to see what you'll think of mine. <laughs> I think you'll have heard of all of them. <laughs> uh, we, well, only one way to find out, Charles. We're going to have to move on to the next episode and see. I think that, you know, I've I've done everything I can for these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is in your hands now, Charles. What's your All What's right. your Twitter again? Like your your handle. I'll tell the listeners to contact you directly <laughs> if they want you to pick. Uh, just go to the FTF podcast. They, That's the official one. You can. Reach Charles at Charles underscore MC underscore. Really drawing from that Mark Lawrence influence with the double underscore there, Charles. was not Uh, meant to be discovered and promoted. (laughs) It was so I could browse without accidentally doing something on the FTF account, (laughs) which I have been known to do many times. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't stop you, but... Yep, tweet at Charles. It's hard to tell what account you're logged into when you hit a notification. You know, (laughs) you assume you're on your personal. Sometimes you're on the show account. Things happen, you know. Oops. Things happen. Things happen. But I think, Dylan, like you said, you've done all you can do for these three very excellent books. Um, I think all that's left to do now is play that sweet, sweet outro music. I think so, too. I'm, I'm dying over here, Charles. All right, let's get this pumping. Let's Um. give Dylan's (laughs) voice a rest because we're about to jump into me rambling all about my books. So, um, Dylan, thank you for persevering Michael Jordan style. Fantastic Mm -hmm. job. uh, And I'm going to get this outro music pumping for you. Uh, Let's get that sweet... (laughs) Sweet, sweet outro. Did I cut you off there? Sweet, sweet outro music. Bump in, Charles. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, let us know and go and support us over on the socials. And now more than ever, it's very important you find us over there to let us know what you think of Dylan's picks and then my upcoming picks as well. That's over at the FTF Podcast on Instagram and then the FTF Podcast with the number one at the end on Twitter. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show even more than reaching out to us over on the socials, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast, which you can do over on Spotify, where most of you are listening. It's just two clicks over at the top of the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast feed. It helps us so much. You can also toss us five stars over on Apple Podcasts. You can rate and you can review if you want to. Write a nice review. It always puts a smile on my face and presumably on Charles's face as well. But just listening is more than enough. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you all so, so much for listening. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends. <laughs>